I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals you. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. Phones to silent, doors to cross-check, hold on to your hats. This is Five Yard Rush, your fantasy football podcast, with your hosts, Stocks, Sparky, Murph, and Nick. Old Rush Nation, welcome to Thursday's show, and do we have a guest lined up for you? It's Mr. Marcus Grant from the Fantasy Live podcast at NFL.com. Marcus, how are you today? Doing fantastic, guys. Good to talk to you. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, honestly, we uh, we listen to you and uh, watch your YouTube videos and you're in our ears, uh, most, most definitely. <laughs> so uh, this for us is a little surreal to, to be there in front of you talking to you on video calls. So. Yeah, it's odd. It's yeah. odd, but, <laughs> but a great odd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool. Um, well, look, thanks for agreeing to do this. We're obviously recording this in fantasy playoff season, um, semi-finals, final uh, coming up. So... Just really keen, before we get into all of that and getting a bit of your idea and experience, just talk a little bit about how you got to be what you're doing, talking about fantasy football for a living and, and just sort of how you got into it and giving our, our listeners a bit of an idea in case they want to be the next Marcus Grant. Yeah, well, honestly, I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I sort of fell backwards into this. I, this was not planned in the least bit. I, uh, I had been doing radio, uh, various sports radio for a long time, a lot of baseball, some basketball, that sort of stuff. Um, and the radio job I had dried up. The company was sold. It moved to a different city. I, I preferred to stay in Los Angeles. So spent a lot of time just kind of freelance writing and just trying to you know, make ends meet here or there. Uh, I was uh, 
suggested to me by a friend and former coworker that I should apply for some jobs at the NFL. Uh, applied for a bunch of jobs, just something, just anything. And I was lucky enough at some point to, um, to get a call back from Michael Fabiano, asked me if I wanted to write about fantasy. Uh, I was like, hey, as long as it pays, then sure, I'll definitely do it. Uh, you know, I, I did the interview, was fortunate enough to get hired in 2011. And so here we are, seven plus years later, and I'm here. But, uh, you know, this, I never imagined, I played fantasy football. I never thought about doing it as a career, but it has turned out to be pretty great for me. <laughs> that is so awesome, just falling into it. I just love it. <laughs> yeah, hearing everybody, like, in the business's path to getting into the industry is really interesting because they're all so different, and quite a lot of them are so humble, and it's just, oh, I, I happened upon it, and, and now I'm <laughs> one of the best jobs there ever was. So it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It's it's good. It's inspiring, especially to people that we listen to. People are, are really sort of listen to our podcast. Like, how did you get into it? We just got going, like just got off our, our backsides and just started putting it together. But it's just great to hear how you, you do this for a living and get paid to do it. It's just, it's just awesome. Yeah. I mean, for our listeners that don't know your podcast before you were the host, there was obviously James Coe, um, Gelhar, Harmon and and yourself was on it and but as how was taking it over as the host for yourself did you, was it daunting scary it was i mean the, the first time i did it it was a little bit scary not not because i didn't think i could do it but because we had built something really great over you know 4 or 5 years or something with James and Alex and and you know both Matt Harmon and franchise i mean not only were we coworkers but we were legitimately and we still are legitimately all friends um, and so it kind of came, it was a special thing for us to do this together. So when it sort of broke up uh, and I was tasked with taking it over, I was, I was nervous because I just wanted it, I wanted it to, to kind of carry on that tradition. Like I didn't want to do anything that wasn't going to be worthy of what we had done in the past because it was really kind of a special moment in time. And so I just wanted to make sure that what I was doing kind of kept that standard up, that the listeners would still enjoy it, that it would still be entertaining um, you know, so that it, people wouldn't listen to it and say, man, it was so much better when those other guys were there and now it's trash. So there was, there was just kind of that pressure that I put on myself to kind of just make sure it lived up to a certain standard. So I've said this to you and I'll share it to our listeners. I actually prefer the new format. Don't tell the other <laughs> I, I just think your relationship with fads and the way you guys bounce off each other and the way that you, you put everything together and it, and, and with, you know, with, with Eddie Murphy, I just think it's, it's, it's a really great product. And I, I love listening to it on my commute. Um, I listen to you sort of Tuesday morning, Friday mornings because it drops so late in the day. Um, mm. and I just absolutely, I'm, I'm a huge fan. This for me is a real honor. So, oh, well, thanks. I appreciate that. So, talk to us a little bit about your NFL team. Uh, who, I bet I know it's difficult. Obviously, you work for the NFL itself, so you've probably got to be a bit careful. But do you have a team that you sort of uh, have more favor to, and 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 have that happen. Um, yeah, I mean, I, we all kind of have our own teams generally that because you know, before we worked here, we were all fans. And that's sort of what led us here. I grew up as a 49ers fan. You know, I grew up kind of in the San Francisco area. And uh, it was great when I was a kid because, you know, when I was a kid, uh, you know, I was growing up with Joe Montana and Steve Young and Jerry Rice and the Niners were great. And they were winning Super Bowls. Uh, things nowadays, not so great. <laughs> it's a little bit tougher to be a 49ers fan because uh, they kind of struggle, but you know they they were always the team that, that was close to my heart. I, you know, I I will say this: I have a soft spot in my heart for the Raiders. You know, when I was a kid, I, they they actually left Oakland when I was really young. I might have been four or five years old when they left Oakland the first time. But then they came back. 
Uh, you know, and I, I would like to see them do well. They're obviously in a very tough spot right now, but I, I try to still root for all the teams, most of the teams that, that are from the Bay Area. So I still kind of have a soft spot in, in my heart for the Raiders, but I am primarily a 49ers fan. That's cool. I've got a soft spot for the Raiders because I'm a John Gruden fan. Uh, okay. So I, I lived in Florida for six years and uh, I was lucky enough to watch the Buccaneers who are my team um, win the Super Bowl and I was there and it was an unbelievable experience. So I will always have a soft spot for Gruden. He might not have built the pieces to make that happen, but he was the man that after <laughs> five or six attempts got us, <laughs> got us there. So, uh, I, you know, he, he can do wrong in my eyes. I'm not going to <laughs> He, uh, I, I do always have a bit of an affinity for, for Gruden for what he did, and you know he does play exciting football, and he's just one of those personalities. He's just a magnet. He just has this great energy, and, and the way that he portrays. And I try to explain it to people over here that he was he, he was in the NFL at a time where there were, you know you Bill Parcells kind of got out of the league at that time, and it kind of didn't have some of the personalities you have now. So he was a real magnet for for Mike's because the energy and the way that he talks in his press conferences and some of the things he says. So uh, it's exciting to watch. Um, Before we get into the fantasy football stuff, and and we'll get into that in just a sec, do you have any sort of advice for our listeners in terms of if they're wanting to go down a a writing route or sort of start out or explore that kind of avenue? Um, Yeah, I mean, I would say, look, this is – this industry has exploded so much more, even from the time I started. I've been doing this, like I said, for seven years, and I've just seen the growth of the fantasy industry so much in that time. And I, what I tell people all the time, take advantage of social media and all these platforms that you have. Because, you know, I go back to, to when I was in college, and which is, you know, way, way long while ago. But, you know, we didn't have, we didn't have Twitter. People didn't have their own blogs. You didn't have YouTube or anything like that there are so many ways to kind of take advantage of that and kind of get your work out there. I mean, it's a, it's a chance for you to write, for you to podcast, what have you, and sort of you know, kind of feel yourself out, kind of learn what you like, what you don't like, and what works for you. I'd also say just you know, use social media to kind of interact with others in the same fantasy community. Just go out and, and just, you know, and don't, I will say this, don't necessarily rush in there and immediately hit people up with your links to what you wrote. I mean, you know, a lot of folks are great to write it, but also just, you know, interact with people as human beings, talk football, just talk about fantasy and just kind of build that trust and, and, that, and that, that rapport with a lot of people. And it goes a long way. I mean, there are so many outlets there that are looking for people to help write for them. There are, there are so many chances for you to do things there. So just, it's just, there's such a wide avenue that, it, you know, just go and try it and do it and just kind of interact with people. And, and I will say this, the fantasy community, I think, is very welcoming. I think everybody is very supportive of one another. And I just think that you will find somebody there uh, that you connect with and that can kind of you know, help you form your ideas, build your ideas, and maybe move on to the next level. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, that's all we found. Everybody we have reached out to and communicated with in the fantasy community has just been an absolute They've, they've just been so nice and welcoming and even if it's just for a conversation everybody's so nice 100% yeah we're all, we're all nerds so like you know all those nerds gotta stick together a little bit you know <laughs> <laughs> exactly that well, I guess speaking from nerds we need to sort of pick your brain a little bit now with a key part of the season coming up so yeah. so talking of fantasy you know, how many leagues do you play in how are they going how many playoffs have you made uh, I am in 10 leagues this year, which is down. I've been trying to cut down lately. Uh, a few years ago, I think I was in 12, and that, that seemed like too many. So I'm down to 10. Uh, I think I've made the playoffs in seven of them. 
Um, you know, I, I would say this. So you, you learn going in, usually there's like one league or one or two leagues that you really care about, right? Like there's a league that I, I'm in with guys that I've known since high school, that I've known forever. Um, so I really care about doing well in that league. You know, that's one that you put a little extra effort into. You also find that you start putting extra effort into the teams that are playing well. You know, if you have a team that, uh, you know, is, is looking like it's playoff bound, you'll probably try a little harder than a team that, you know, maybe has one or two wins and you're not doing so well. That one probably doesn't get quite as much attention. Uh, so, but more often than not, I, I think I've made the playoffs this year. This has been a pretty good year for me. And, and like I said, look, all you want to do is make the playoffs because once you get into the tournament, who knows what happens? The whole goal is just to try to make it into the dance and then, you know, let the cards fall where they will. Yeah, exactly. We, um, so I, you play a lot more leagues than I do. I play in six. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think somewhere between 25 and 28 leagues. Oh. Um, <laughs> it, it got out of hand really <laughs> last season because me and my brother-in-law had a bet as to who could win the most games throughout the season. And then it, it just got to an evening where we were both bored and he said, oh, do you fancy a draft? So we just jumped into random. <laughs> yeah. And, and okay. um, Go on. It makes you feel better. So my, my girlfriend, who had never played before this year, decided she was going to get into it. And so she was in a league with some folks in her office. Um, and then it turned out that she loved drafting. So, you know, she, she did the one for her office. Then she did kind of another one on the side. And then I talked to her like a day later. And she's like, hey, so I did like five more drafts. And I'm in a whole bunch of leagues. I'm like, holy cow, what are you doing, girl? So she has become addicted just almost immediately. Yeah, I love that. I think there is an. I think there's genuine problem to draft addiction out there. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I'd, I'd go with that. I um, <laughs> we did a draft for our listener league, and um, I was in Copenhagen. I'd started a new job. It's based. It's the head office is there. I'm not there that often. Um, mm. but I was there for a week, and I, obviously, I was lonely. It was my second night in Copenhagen. I mean, in a hotel room at about ten o'clock at night. We'd done our listener league draft and I'd had a few beers at this point and thought, that was so much fun. I want to join a new league. <laughs> so I joined one of the random NFL.com leagues and I thought, Do you know what? I really want to challenge. So I decided to play with just one division, which is the mm-hmm. NFC South. So I drafted just NFC NFC South players and oh. I had the one pick. <laughs> So you're sitting there like I could have had the five and had great balance because I took Kamara at one and was like, well, mm-hmm. these people think I'm idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Who takes Kamara with the first pick? It's where yeah. I got into the playoffs in there, but I do have a playoff nightmare, which you read out uh, a couple of weeks ago, our tweet on uh, MBS when I had him, I needed 1.8 points. And uh, he scored zero point six. <laughs> cost me a place in the playoffs. That one. Oh, <laughs> oh, that hurts. Lost out on tiebreaker. That hurts. That hurts a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a bit gutted about that. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. Um, so this season, do you think? Do you think this season's been different, vastly fantasy wise, to to seasons past? I think so. I think this is the year that. I mean, it just in terms of regular actual football. We have seen the league change so much, right? We're passing games. It has becoming a passing league for a while, but I think this was the year that it sort of went next level in that regard, where you've got, you know, Patrick Mahomes doing what he's doing. You've got the Rams offense doing what they're doing, the Saints, and you know, you can just keep going down the list. Um, I think this is the first year we've really had the conversation about the value of running backs and how important they are to your success, whereas, you know, we know quarterbacks are, are as important as they've ever been. We know wide receivers are as important as they've ever been. And so I think if this is the year 
that we've really started to rethink our strategies in terms of drafting, in terms of roster building, in terms of, you know, how we manage our fantasy teams. And I think, I think you're going to see a lot of those discussions in the offseason when it comes to roster construction and how you draft and draft strategies and that, and that sort of thing. So it has been a, a very different year in a lot of respects. And I think that as the league continues to change, as passing games get more and more emphasized, I think we're going to really start to rethink how we build our fantasy teams. And I think, you know, a decade from now, we'll probably look back to this year and think that this was the year that we really started to kind of change fantasy sports. I couldn't agree more. I think that's a really good way of putting it because it's quite a good year for us to get heavily involved in, really. (laughs) (laughs) Right at the forefront, hopefully. Yeah. (laughs) So with that, with that said, what, what's your favorite format of fantasy football and why? Um, you know, I am, I am a, traditionalist i still love standard leagues uh, i know I, I think i'm kind of a dinosaur in that respect because you know ppr seems to be the wave of the future i i i can't get behind full point ppr i just think getting getting a point just for catching the football when the rules have become slanted so much toward passing games it just seems a little bit much uh, i think i'm willing to compromise at at half point ppr i prefer quarter point ppr um but you know i i i think i think Standard is still, I mean, I think there's a reason we call it standard. It is the standard. Um, but I think one of the things that I would really like to do this offseason is kind of convene a lot of different fantasy minds, right? And I think, I think we're at a point where we need to come up with you know, maybe a new standard, if you will. We need to figure out, okay, let's look at how the game's played, right? Let's look at how much quarterbacks score, how much running backs get the ball, and let's come up with a new standard. Let's put some of our brightest fantasy minds together. Let's figure out a new scoring system that sort of reflects the way the game is played now, because I think, I think we're sort of, we're sort of kind of dancing around the outside of this and we're trying to come up with little tweaks here and there at some point, let's just get together as a group and let's overhaul this whole thing to kind of create a scoring system that creates or that, that, that replicates how the game is played. And that's something I'd like to kind of explore in the off season. I don't think it's going to be a one off season sort of thing. I think it's an ongoing conversation, but I think we've reached the point where it's time to actually start talking about it. That's cool. I, I like, think that's cool. Yeah. I couldn't agree more, especially when you've got, for example, you've got quarterbacks like Josh Allen and, and Lamar Jackson who are perhaps breaking the standard mold of point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've got you know, receiving receiving running backs. And, yeah, you're told Gurley's and Kamara's. They're, they're almost cheat codes in themselves if you play full mm-hmm. PPR. Then if you don't get a top five pick and you don't get a good running back, you're, you're already behind. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I think I also think part of it is that we talk about quarterback being so deep, and there are so many quarterbacks out there. But I mean, in reality, I think we need to do something to, to separate the actual, truly elite guys from the rest of the pack. You know, the fact that you can wait and get a guy kind of in the later rounds. You know, I mean, credit, credit Dak Prescott—he's playing well right now. But the fact that he's a guy that you could get in the later rounds and he'd still keep you competitive compared to you know somebody who spent an early pick on an Aaron Rodgers or a Drew Brees. I mean, I think we need to create a scoring system that really truly separates the elites of the quarterback group from the rest of the group. So suddenly it, it, it penalizes you if you wait around and you don't get a good quarterback. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be able to wait around and not really suffer a penalty for that because somebody else decided to go early. Yeah, so you, you want to create sort of a situation which we've got with tight ends now where if you kind of miss out on the premium four, yeah. you're going to pay a price on that. And then it's about... exactly. It could be done by bonusing yardage or something along those lines to, to stop your 200 yarders getting the same points roughly as, as people throw over three, 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 three. 
Right. I mean, I think that that's part of it. I think, you know, I, I'd like to see maybe escalating negative points for, for multiple interception games. So suddenly, you know, if you're if your quarterback throws three interceptions, that, that, that would hurt your actual, you know, an actual NFL team. It should hurt your fantasy team, you know, kind of with a commensurate value. So guys like Blake Bortles can't somehow, you know, have awful first halves, rally in the second half and give you a decent fantasy number. If you have escalators on those interceptions, uh, suddenly you have to think twice if you're going to you know, pick a guy like Bortles or somebody like that for your squad. Yeah, because Jameis Winston is a great example of that because mm-hmm. he's a guy who gets huge yards, he gets touchdowns, but he, he's so prone to multiple picks that he just, you think, well, I can afford to lose the, the two to four points he might give me in interceptions right. because his upside on yards and touchdowns is, is so much better than anybody else on the wire, so why not take a punt? And yeah, Exactly. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I think that's something we should set up in some leagues next year and think about, if it's possible. Yeah, Must be. Must be somewhere out there. <laughs> we'll try. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so what, do you have a general strategy for the season or, and do you prepare the same for your draft each year or, or are you a bit more fluid? I tend to be fluid. I, I always tell people, like, I try to you know, be like the amoeba and just be ready to adapt to any situation when it comes to the draft, especially because no two drafts are the same. Um, I think, you know, what I've noticed is that when you, when you draft with people who do this for a living and you're drafting within the industry, you kind of have a feel for how they're going to do that. But I also tell people, like, the people that I work with, like, go out and draft in the real world, right? Like go out and draft in leagues where somebody's going to take a quarterback in the first round, you know, go out and, and be in those sorts of leagues where, yeah, like I play in leagues where there may be five quarterbacks off the board before the end of the fourth round. And, and, you know, whereas when you draft in an industry league, it's sort of a game of chicken where everybody's staring at each other, trying to see who's going to be the first person to draft that quarterback. So, you know, I, I think it, it helps to always be sort of fluid. Um, I would say if there's one hard and fast rule for me, it's basically still to just get an elite running back if you have a top five pick just because there are so few of them that I think it's hard to really pass on one of those guys. So I think that's, that's kind of my only standard rule. Other than that, it is just sort of trying to be fluid and trying to be ready for any situation that might come your way. Yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 I completely agree. I think it's a good idea. And I... Uh... The thing is, sometimes I always have similar rules, so I always just never really take a tight end um, mm-hmm. later on because I just think I this year has changed my opinion on that. I think <laughs> and exploring and picking up a top four tight end because the, the drop-off is too big now. Whereas I think in previous years, if you missed out on Gronk who went in the second or third round, you're like, well, Kelsey's or, Kelsey will probably go in the fourth round and, and after that, there's not a big drop-off. So... <laughs> I twice a year, four times a year max. I'll just swallow it and try and improve in other positions. So I think, yeah, it's so different now. And I think every year will be more and more different. So moving into the playoffs themselves, semifinals, finals, do you have a strategy that you – it's obviously going to be so different per league you're in, but what sort of your key strategies going in and some advice for our listeners as to what they can do? Um, well, I, I mean, one, I always tell people don't get cute, you know, don't, don't overthink things sometimes, you know, I think it's, it's fun, especially in the middle of the season where we, we really play the matchups and you're looking at maybe a deep sleeper and a guy who can you know, possibly get extra touches here or there. And, and, you know, sometimes that works out and that's cool in week eight or nine. Uh, I think this is a situation where, you know, don't, don't overthink things, you know, and, and sometimes, sometimes it means you end up losing kind of frustratingly, but you know, if you had Todd Gurley, for instance, last week, you know, the Bears obviously have very good defense and you know they're going to give you problems. But I would have felt better, honestly, just putting Gurley in, 
having him not give you a great number and losing that way than trying to like be cute and overthink it and sit girly. I, I always tell you, look, you will feel worse if you sit Todd Gurley and he gives you a big number as opposed to if you put him in and he doesn't play well. Because if, if you leave him on your bench and he gives you a big number, that's sort of on you. You know, if, if you put him in and he doesn't play well, well, hey, look, you know, credit the Bears for playing good defense. And so I just think that, you know, at some point you drafted some of these guys for a reason. You have to believe in your guys. It's like re- being a real coach. Believe in your guys and, uh, and hope that they can perform for you in those big situations. That's cool. And in terms of do you ever look at who you're playing and try and, you know, I don't know, maybe waiver block them and look at their positions and needs and try and claim waivers off there or, or play sort of the man as well as just the players on your team? I don't do a little bit of that. I, I, I admit that I don't do a ton of it. And it's funny because on a week-to-week basis, I rarely know who I'm playing against or what their lineup is. Like, I, I basically go out and I look at the guys on my roster and I just try to put together the best possible lineup I can. Um, you know, I, the, the way I look at it is, you know, you do all the studying during the week, you look at the matchups, you, you look at, you know, how guys are playing, and you put together the best possible lineup you can. And then once the games kick off, it's out of your hands. Um, you know, so I, I just kind of like, I worry more about my team than anybody else because I can't really control what the other person's going to do. So, you know, every now and then I have been known to maybe pick somebody up off the waiver wire just to, to block somebody else. I guess the, the final part of that, that piece um, is you've got coin flips in your lineup. You're looking at your <clears> players and you're thinking about, oh, I've got a coin flip from sort of 55-45 or 50-50 on someone or between two players. Who, how do you, what sort of analysis do you use to make those decisions to go one way over the other? Uh, one of the first things I do is I just, I want the guy that's playing in the better offense, you know, the offense that I think can score more points. I mean, that's, that's kind of the name of the game, right? The, the offense that can move the ball, that can get it in the end zone. Uh, that's the one where your guys want to have the most opportunity. So if I'm looking at two guys that I, I have ranked sort of the same, or they, they both have difficult matchups, uh, I just look at the team that I think can be the most productive and, and kind of roll there that way sometimes. So, um, you know, I, obviously opportunity is king. You know, the guys who get the most targets, who get the most touches, those guys are, are going to be worth a whole lot more. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I would rather have, say, you know, maybe the, the second or third receiver for the Chiefs or Rams than I would, say, the second or third receiver for the Jaguars or Titans. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think – like I, was, I mentioned on another podcast we did about how I like to look at my cornerback matchups and my wide receivers. So uh, I like playing the game against who's cat and mouse wide receiver cornerback as well. And it adds another element of excitement. For, me. for our listeners, obviously, with it being championship week, have you got any players that you think might be sneaky grabs off the waiver wire that we, we could go and, go and grab? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think, you know, Kenneth Dixon is one. Uh, anybody who has Gus Edwards the last couple of weeks has been frustrated because suddenly Kenneth Dixon is starting to get a little more work. And, and, you know, that's kind of been a situation. Doug Martin. And I, I never thought, you know, a few weeks ago, I'd be advocating for the Raiders. Uh, <laughs> I, your, your reaction is totally understandable. I get it. But, you know, he's been getting more work with Marshawn Lynch out of action. And the schedule works out well. I mean, you know, they've got a couple of really good games down the stretch. So I never, I never thought I'd be in this position suggesting that you go get somebody who's part of the Raiders offense. But, uh, and look, here's Doug Martin is a flex at best. You're not making him your RB1 or even your RB2. He's a flex option for you. But, you know, sometimes that's all it takes is kind of getting a few extra points out of that flex spot to push you over the top. So, you know, again, never thought I'd be doing this, but, but here we are.
No, I, <laughs> I, I watched Doug Martin in Tampa the last couple of years. So, I'm like, <laughs> but then I have, I, you know, that's the whole thing with the playoffs, right? In fantasy football, you have to get your personal bias um, out the way and going with your going with the numbers. Like I, I put in our waiver wire ad, Josh Allen, for the last couple of weeks. If I'm, I'm trying to get to a market of people that are not owned by a huge number uh, and people that have really got serious upside because I don't think as a quarterback, he's a great quarterback. I don't sit there and look at him and think, oh, he's a top 20 quarterback in the league. But his rushing numbers give you such a floor that is safe that you can go, I know I'm going to get 15 points <laughs> Allen, so why wouldn't I consider him? You know, it's weird. I, I have had egg on my face the last couple of weeks behind Josh Allen because he had that first game where he ran for 99 yards. And I'm like, yeah, he can't, I mean, he can't do that again. It was a fluke. And so then you're right. He didn't go for 99. He went for 135 the next week. And I'm like, ah, you know what? Two weeks in a row, like, you know, it, it, it can't keep going. It can't keep going. And then he has another 100-yard game this past week. So the last two weeks, uh, I've kind of looked silly. And here's the thing. I am stubborn enough to kind of stand on this hill. Like, I will die on this hill that Josh Allen can't keep running for 100 yards each and every week. And each and every Monday, I will come back and I will probably stand there and, and try and, you know, explain myself away when he does it again. But I just, it's been great. It also just feels so unsustainable. But you know what? Hey, look, if, if you believe in that matchup and you believe he can do it again, by all means. Because I do think at some point, all the analysis in the world um, is no match for just what your gut is telling you sometimes because that, that's the way you're going to feel comfortable. You will feel so much better just kind of standing on your own belief than being talked into something by someone else. So, uh, you know what, I, I, I'm willing to stand there and be wrong. If it helps somebody else win a championship, then, hey, more power to you. Definitely. I, I, it's one of those that it's kind of, I want him there in case I've got the guts to do it. Uh, <laughs> and, and I, don't want, I don't want to lose to Josh Allen because I don't think, <laughs> I, I, don't think I can take that. So even if I take him and no one else does and he sits and rots on my bench, that's fine because if I <laughs> Josh Allen in the in the championships of of a, of a league I'm in that I care about, I'm probably going to quit fantasy football. So, <laughs> with that being said, you and I are playing in the semi-finals of our dynasty league. Yeah, I want to play Josh Allen against you this week. Okay, that's fine. I've <laughs> I, I got I've got Paddy Mahomes, so yeah, you know. I, I, it doesn't matter. <laughs> or Roger. <laughs> Or Winston. <laughs> you can only play one. No, that's true. Um, yeah, I mean, by all means, I accept your invitation to play. I mean, it might not be available. It is Dynasty, so hopefully not. But you never know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens. <sighs> right. Well, we're we're quite oh. sure. Just one, one more question before we we, we sort of uh, sure. get here. Um, can you give sort of some final bits of advice for uh, our listeners for their championship week and and what they can do to to get the W where possible? Um, I mean, I think that you know in this past in this last week, just just hit the waiver wire hard, right? And that means possibly going out on Sunday and Monday, uh, you know, before the week is through. Don't wait until Tuesday. Just go out, and get your waiver claims in. Um, to try and and you know if you can even do it this week, right? Just look ahead to those matchups. Maybe you prepare for a potential championship week and try to try to get those guys that you know have good matchups in, in week 16 and try to prepare that way. Uh, you know, and like I always tell people, and it, it works in the regular season and it works just as much now. Um, one of the things I started doing this year is just not, not checking in after every play, right? Like I set my lineups 
Sunday happens and I just kind of sit back and watch the games because you're only going to stress yourself out by looking at your scores after every single touchdown that happens. So, uh, you know, again, put in, put your best lineup together and, you know, it, it is in the hands of the football gods once those kick off. And so, you know, I, I would, I would suggest have a stress-free Sunday as much as possible. Just watch the games, enjoy them, and maybe uh, maybe after the, the late slate of games is done, then you go check because, I mean, at that point, there's really nothing else you can do about it. I'll be honest. I'm not checking at four in the morning. <laughs> 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 I get I see, and I say that, and I know plenty of people are like, yeah, I know a lot of people are like, yeah, but screw you, Marcus. I'm checking at every opportunity. So, you know what? Hey, you know, just do you. Do whatever makes you happy. I mean, I get up at six on Monday morning, so I'll, I'll check then. I don't think my wife's going to do that. <laughs> I get up at like four, four twenty. Last games on. I'm like, oh. <laughs> um, oh. well, look, this is this has been an absolute blast. Um, why don't you tell everyone where they can, uh, you know, follow you and and the show where they can download it and, and get access. Yeah, um, well, we do uh, Fantasy Live. We're still on all the way through week 17. You can find us on NFL.com. Uh, I know it airs at uh, what, 4 p.m. Eastern time, which would be 1 p.m. Uh, Pacific, which I think would be, what, uh, 9 p.m. over in the U.K.? Yeah, so, uh, so you can find us there on NFL.com, the, uh, the Fantasy Live podcast. We record we record it on Mondays and Thursdays. I think by the time it hits for you guys, it's probably Tuesday and Friday, but you can check us out there twice a week. And then uh, I'm on Twitter at Marcus G, M-A-R-C-A-S-G. I'm there. I'm Instagram. I, I think I'm really more places than the law allows. So uh, <laughs> if you are looking around and you can't, if you can't find me on the internet somewhere, you're probably not trying hard enough. <laughs> you're a great follow. I love your, your reactions to, to wins or losses in fantasy on weekends on Twitter. It's a real, <laughs> real top follow. So if you're not on cool, appreciate that. Out. <laughs> yeah. Look, thank you so much for your time. We're really honored that you've come on and really enjoyed it. And uh, hopefully we get to do this again at some point. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I appreciate the invite, guys. We'd love to come back at some point. Wicked. Well, We'd love that. Have a great Christmas. You too. And uh, good luck in the fantasy playoffs. Same to both of you as well. This was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Thanks, oh, Marcus. Good, Marcus. Take care. Cool. All right. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.